Welcome to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. My name is Heather. And I'm Mark, and we are your co-hosts. And we're here to take a look back into the Jewish roots of our faith. For the way forward in youth ministry discipleship. This podcast is a part of the Youth Cartels Podcast Network. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Uh, Today, we're going to have a really fun discussion with Heather about friends in ministry, just for overall health and well-being and how it's important to have great friends in your corner. And we get to learn a new Hebrew word along the way, right? Whoop, whoop. That's right. Yeah. So the Hebrew word that we're digging into today is haver. I think I'm saying that correctly. For all of our friends out there that know Hebrew, you can throw stones at me in an email. Okay. So We would love that. We we like to hear from you, even when we're wrong. Yeah, that's right. So haver means friend, comrade, or companion. So the plural form of it is havarim, or, and then the, uh, the feminine form is havera. So here's what the rabbis used to say, and this is pretty cool. So in the part of the Talmud in the section called perke avot. Yeah, perke avot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cleaving to friends is listed among the 48 virtues that one needs in order to acquire Torah. So the Talmud suggests that a good friend serves three functions. Oh, good. I thought you were going to say 48. And I was like, <laughs> I could never keep track of 48 ways I needed to be a good friend. Man. Well, well, I mean, our shows are usually under 20 minutes. I could probably pump those out, right? <laughs> right. Number okay. One. So three ways. A good friend takes you out for ice cream. No. Okay. First is- as a okay, so first is as a catalyst uh, for success in increased study of Torah. So somebody that like is your Bible buddy, somebody that takes you into the Word, and somebody that challenges you in the Scriptures. The second is to ensure one's mitzvah, uh, mitzvah fulfillment. Uh, for yeah. good friends, uh, feel free to offer constructive mm-hmm. criticism to one another. So this is the friend who's not afraid to tell you that sometimes your stuff doesn't always smell the best. Like it's, they're the friend who's willing to say hard truths to you and you're yeah. willing to be like, thank you for doing that for me. And a, a mitzvah is actually a way that you fulfill the law. Yeah. And the cool thing about that is um, the Jewish conception of missing the mark or sin isn't just doing like wrong stuff that you feel bad about that your mm-hmm. friends said like, that's not the best for you. It's also a failure to do what you ought to do that's to right. make the house of the world better. Mm-hmm. Right. And we need friends to call us to our best, not just away from our worst. Right. Totally. Yeah. The times when I've grown the most have always been when somebody is willing to say the hard thing and I yeah. was mature enough to receive it. Sometimes in my life, like God kept bringing these people into my life where they would say the same thing, but my heart was too hard and my pride was too proud to actually receive it as a gift and to receive it as an opportunity to grow. And so, but when I finally got off my throne and I humbled myself and I listened, then I became a more loving and compassionate person and a person who cared less about my own image or self and more about the people around me. Yeah. So that's can, awesome. Yeah. And well, I was going to say too, I mean, you would only hear that from a friend. You yes. wouldn't, you wouldn't hear that from a criticizer. Would you? I sure wouldn't. No. Yeah. I've definitely been around criticizers who just tear down and say things where it's like, 
Oh, that wasn't really said in love, was it? Like, are you going to walk with me through that? Or are you just going to tell me that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't I don't really like constructive criticism. I like friends that will give it to me straight. Does yeah, that make sense? Definitely. Yeah. So cool, youth cool. pastor, do you have a buddy out there, a friend in Christ who's willing to tell you the hard truths? Because if you don't, I think you need to ask yourself a couple questions. One, I think if you don't, it's probably fear-based inside of you. Like there's some sort of insecurity working itself out in you that you don't want people close to you to tell you hard things. And secondly, like, are you surrounding yourself with people who actually really do love you and care about you and who are willing to hold you accountable to following God's word? Because the truth of the matter is, is that I can surround myself with all sorts of friends, but it's friendship only goes as deep as a friend's willingness to go to hard places with you, right? Like we can have tons of friends who want to stay on the surface and who want to swim in the shallow end and who want to go out and go to a Cubs game or who want to go out to eat or whatever. But to have a friend who's willing to sit down with us and say, look, bro, um, you need to stop texting that other woman because whatever, blah, 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 or you need yeah. to stop hanging out, you know, so much at this place and spending less time with your family, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like to have somebody in our life who's willing is such a gift. Like I remember years ago and in previous in recent years in my life, uh, but years ago I had a, a youth leader. His name was Mike. And um, man, he was always willing to be like, Heather, you're this, you're that, and you're that. And I'm like, huh. Thank you. Like, I'm so thankful yeah. he was willing to tell me those hard things because, it again, it helped me grow. That happened to me just this week, actually. I oh. I finally, I was just running really hard coming back from working on a dissertation into a lot of just work in my everyday life and production and the company I run. And yeah. I told my friend David, who... um I volunteer with him. Like at our church, I work with the students, but as a volunteer, I yeah. do it just totally because I love it. Yeah. And I told David, like, I'm redlining. I'm I'm just really tired. And I don't know if it's that I'm getting up too much with the baby because mm-hmm. she wakes up like a lot compared sure. to our baby boy or baby whether girl. I've taken on I our mean. baby girl. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no, compared to our baby boy, Otto, oh, nine years boy, ago, like, kids slept through the night and I didn't know how good I had it. I still thought so I was funny. tired. I was like, but, Mark, uh, uh, you do need more sleep. You are redlining. You just called me a boy. No. But he said, do you know what I observe is that huh. you are posting things for your business all the way up to like 9.30, 10 hmm. p.m. Yeah. And he's like, for me, I wish I could rewind and have someone just take away my phone and my computer at five o'clock when it's family time, it's family time. And he's like, if the kids go to bed and you and Sarah both want to get some work done, that's one thing, but you're basically working all day. And it hit me like a ton of bricks and I'm three days now with just putting everything away at five. It feels better already. Totally. but, But the point is, I wouldn't have received that criticism mm-hmm. from anyone that I didn't really believe was for me. And yes. it's important to have. Who's going to yeah. say that to me if yeah. I don't have a friend that's following Jesus too? Yeah. That honestly, we're, like we both care about ministry, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. absolutely. For sure. And then the third thing is the function, excuse me, the third function is to prove good advice in all areas. And to act as a confidant who does not reveal 
secrets to others. So, you know, we have a friend who's willing yeah. to be a trustworthy friend. So youth pastor, I want you to think about it. Who's that person in your life who's speaking that godly advice, who's taking you into the word, who can rebuke you if you need to be rebuked? Because these are super yeah. important things. So Rabbi Mordecai of Lechovitz taught that French... Sweet name. Yes, thank you. Yes. Sorry. I think I'm going to change my name to that. So... Yeah. Um, well, I mean, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Heather of Bettendorf. No, I'm, that's funny. <laughs> Don't you live Quad in Quad cities like, represent. Yeah. Her, her holler. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, all right. So he says that friendship is like a stone. A stone has no value. But when you rub two stones together properly, sparks of fire emerge. Wow. Yeah. So think think about that. Who in your life is like that? When you are with them, when you're rubbing against each other, you actually become better. And that sparks of fire emerge from that. Because I don't know about you, Mark, but in different times in my life, I felt intimidated by friends because they were better at things than me or because... You know, they maybe um, had a bit of a, a better reputation than I did in different things or at different times. And when I finally decided to actually be the spark that makes a person better instead of yeah. the water that tries to um, douse out their spark. Like I remember like back in the day, I had a friend who we were just super similar, athletic and stuff like that. And I was always like, oh, man, all the guys are going to be interested in her. And so I would like secretly be mad that she was my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I and, think a lot of youth pastors are that way. We yeah. we are subtly competitive. Yeah. Because we're driven. It's okay. Yeah. Right. Which it's there's nothing wrong with being driven. But I think when our, our drive uh, kills the spark in other people or tries to kill the spark in other people or wants the spark in other people to not really emerge. I think yeah. that's obviously that's when it becomes problematic. And so, you know, when it comes to allowing God to use us to be the spark in other people, to be yeah. that haber, to be that friend, that comrade, that companion, you know, usually how the Jews use the word now often is that they use it and in light of it's your it's your sparring partner in Torah, right? It's the person that you go head to head with in That's cool. having these discussions about Torah and getting into the word together. It's it's that person who's who you trust. It's the person who goes deep with you. Like who's who's the spark to your flame? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's your No, spouse. I like that. Maybe it's your buddy at church. Like who is it? Right? Like, who is that person? That sounds like something you would climb a mountain and finally get to the top and find a sage there sitting cross-legged. And mm. he would say, be spark, not water. <laughs> but but seriously, I, I think that's such great advice to be a person that ignites someone else's relationship with God yeah. through study of scripture, yeah. not someone that competes, whether it's for a platform or for your students to like you better or for more approval in the church. But instead, everyone I encounter that I'm deeply and profoundly for, I want to be their spark. That's awesome. Yeah. Honestly, the people who have meant the most in my life or the people who I want to be like the most are Mm -hmm. the ones that I had this deep sense and feeling that they genuinely cared more about other people. And seeing the the success of other people than they did about seeing their own success. Man, we've had some guests on this show that I pick up on that about them right away. 
Totally. Like there have been some guests on our show that I just like within three minutes. And if mm-hmm. I had to name it, it's that they're really, really for whoever they're speaking with. Yeah. Like they, they're for human thriving and for other people to be doing great too, you know? Yeah. yeah. Totally. You, here, can I ask you a question about all this? Yes. Just from both of our experiences as a youth pastor, do you think it's hard to have friends as the youth pastor in a church? Or do you think it depends on the context? Honestly, I think for the most part, it's hard to have friends as a staff member in the church, just in yeah. general, with people with I agree in your with you. church. Because a lot of the times, like, yeah. What happens is, is people come to you and they want to talk about what's going on in the church, like the behind the scene types of yeah. stuff in the church. And it almost becomes this like thing of like, kind of like gossip, right? Yep. I, I do. I think it's hard to have friends within the church if you're on the church staff. Yeah, I I think, um, so for all of the frustrations and the ills of social media, one of the things I appreciate about it is I've met people over the past couple of years that I've had profound messaging conversations with about scripture mm-hmm. and about big questions. Like I have a friend named Dave Taylor that I met in a youth ministry like group on Facebook. Okay. And we have like intense conversations sometimes about scripture that yeah. I can't necessarily have with the people I'm working with day to day. Sure. Because I, I just don't know that I want to let them in that mm. much to how awful I am. Does that make sense? Right? <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah. So youth pastor, I want to give you one last thing to think about before we end the show today. Yeah. This is my personal opinion. I think that if we don't surround ourselves with friends who genuinely care about us and who are willing to speak hard truths into our lives, and maybe we need to go and seek out those people, like look for the people in your church family or maybe even outside your church community who you know are mature who you know aren't going to give you the sugar-coated version, who you, like, literally ask them, I need you to speak hard truths into my life, and I'm giving you the okay to do that. Because I truly believe that if we do not do that in ministry, we will not make it. Bottom line. We won't. We won't. I think you're right. And I think statistically, one in three of us consider quitting, like, regularly, because it's hard. I think that's just great advice. I don't want to step on it, but I do want to remind them that if you're looking for a community to study the text with closely, you've got to hop into our parables cohort coming up January 26th. It'll be on Wednesdays at 1.30. Is that right? That's right. And we love friends. We'll be your Javier. We'll be that person for you. In fact, uh, the the people that went through the cohort last time yeah. texted me regularly. One of them heard on the show that I was doing a dissertation week and texted me to encourage me basically Aww. to not want to crawl in a hole and die because I, nice. I had complained enough that he knew I, I, that it That's was awful. That's so cool. Yeah, and he's done a doctorate. So, I mean, he, he was like, it's awful. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. anyways, you should hop in the cohort because it's yes. going to be great. And we will, it's not like studying the parables of Jesus closer, like in a Christian Bible study. We're going to teach you how to read and teach the parables like a Jewish sage. The stuff that I didn't learn until I started at rabbinical school as a Christian. So you should yeah. hop in. You, Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's hang out. That'd be fun. And then also hang out with us on our Facebook group for Century Youth Ministry. We just launched a new fan page on Facebook. So go and like that for Century Youth Ministry and check out the book for Century Youth Ministry. It's yeah. a pretty fun little ditty. Uh, I got an email actually just the other day from a guy who said that he loved my book and it was really Everyone exciting. that reads the book ends up saying they loved it and that they're trying this stuff out. I think that's the highest compliment. I don't think it's writing a book or yeah. getting a book published. There yes. are tons of books. There are like probably a hundred youth ministry books dropping this week, right? Oh, for sure. But if people are saying it's consistently practically helpful mm-hmm. and you listen to the show regularly, don't you trust us enough by now to know you should pick it up? You definitely should. Heather won't say it, but I will. You should pick the book up. There it is. And you can get it at our website, firstcenturyyouthministry.com. And uh, we love being your Hebarim. See, si. indeed. Yeah. All right, friends. Thanks yeah, for joining bye. us on this episode. <laughs> bye, everyone. Bye.